Catholic commentary. Spiritual warfare. Stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Jesus 911. Jesus 911 on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. My name is Ruben Nava. My partner Jesse Romero, he's he's off today. He's on his way back from uh power preaching from uh the state of Ohio. So he won't be with us today, so I'll be on a one-man car, a king car. And um, got a good show lined up to, for you today. I just want to point out that today is the feast day of St. Padre Pio, uh, otherwise known as St. Pio of Pietrecina. And uh, if you're, if you're uh, a Catholic that has, uh, you know, stayed in the, in the news, you, you know that this is a great saint. If you, you know that this is one of the greatest saints, if not the greatest saint of the uh, 20th century. And so uh, St. Pio was, was born on uh, May 25th, 1987, and uh, he died on the, uh, the 23rd of September, so today, 1968, so today marks his feast day. Um, he was the Franciscan Capuchin Friar, for, those, for the one person who doesn't know who he is. He was a, a Capuchin Friar priest, stigmatist, and a mystic. You know, he's venerated as a saint in the Catholic Church. And um, he was born Francesco Forgioni, and he was given the name of Pius, P-I-U-S. It's in Italian, that's Pio, when he joined the Order of Friars Minor Capuchin. And then he became famous for exhibiting stigmata of, for most of his life, for 50 years. He, he received the stigmata in 1918, I believe, and he carried it his whole life. And when he died uh, during his autopsy, they found no more, they found no blood in him. He had bled all out for Jesus. And uh, there was a period of time when he was um, looked at with scorn. Some people had uh, said some uh, some uh, untruth uh, about him, and and that he was trying to get recognition and and whatnot. So he was uh, prohibited from saying mass publicly or hearing confessions for a number of years. And eventually, that was was lifted, and uh, he's you know they saw exactly. Um, what he, how humble he was, he would hear confessions for up to ten hours a day, and uh, you know had the ability to read souls, and uh, uh, people can attest to um, seeing him in different places uh, by location in different towns, different cities. Uh, there's some uh, beautiful stories of the fighter pilots that were flying over Italy during the World War II, and um, and. He, seeing him in their in their windshield uh up in the air like telling them you know waving his arms like no don't bomb here and some of these pilots visited him after the war and um this, many of them converted uh to catholicism uh, as a result of you know they 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 realized this was the same man they saw in the air um on their flights over italy so incredible stories and um when they exhumed his body in 1968, and if you haven't seen this, this is amazing. You can Google the uh, Padre Pio in, um, on the images. You'll see that uh, his body was incorrupt. So I remember showing this uh, these photos to a friend of mine, a non-Catholic friend. And I said, look at this guy. He, you know, he, he's been dead for 40 years at the time. And uh, 
He goes, oh my goodness, he looks better than I do. And he's been dead for 40 years. <laughs> so, I mean, his, he was all intact. His, you know, his beard was supple, you know, and he was just, uh, it's just amazing that, uh, our Lord doesn't let his holy ones become corrupt. And, uh, so that's, uh, that's a little bit about Padre Pio. So today's a, a big day for you Padre Pio, um, uh, fans and, and people who, venerate him i know i do have a couple of his statues in my home so uh saint padre peel pray for us anyway um today we are going to talk about uh a look at what's happening in the church it's uh it's a blog by by father by father john zolsdorf um he's a traditional priest uh he goes by the name of father z um a lot of priests in the that uh, that I follow, they um, they also follow Father Z, <clears throat> friends like uh, Father Dave and uh, Professor Peter Kwasniewski. Uh, he he puts out some good stuff and just uh, gives you some food for thought. And then we're going to go over it today. And and the second part of the show, we're going to be talking about the devotion of uh, of the seven sorrows of our Blessed Virgin Mary. This month is still the. the the uh, we honor Our Lady under the title the um, Our Lady of Sorrows, and by the way, as if you haven't heard, Jesse said said this many times. That's one of the two titles that the 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 demons fear the most: Our Lady of Sorrows and Virgin Most Powerful. So, anyway, um, let's get into this and um, and talk about uh, you know you, you know right now a lot of people. Uh, are feeling a bit grim and um, you know they know the world is passing we see this when we we turn on uh, the news not not on mainstream media but but maybe some of the uh, conservative stations or some of these other smaller platforms that are putting material out like rumble and um, and by the way you know our show is broadcast on rumble too so if you didn't know that um, and so for those first-time listeners I guess I'll just mention what this show is about jesus 911 and virgin most powerful radio has several uh great great shows um terry and jesse show hands-on apologetics and and so on and so on um so go to our website and uh, virgin most powerful org, and you can see all the terrific um shows that are on there and um and so our show is three retired cops um uh, Jesse, myself, and Paul Clay, and we're LA, former LA County Deputy Sheriffs. Um, you know, Jesse's been power preaching um, and going around the country for over twenty years, writing books. And you know, um, you know, I'm, I'm, he asked me and uh, Paul to to join him on this on this show. And uh, formerly, uh, Eddie Chavez was with us, and uh, and so anyway, we give our perspective on it. And Wednesdays, uh, Jesse brings on. Uh, does spiritual warfare and um yeah he, he so it's a it's a good state it's a good show because we get a little bit of everything uh monday through friday so anyway going back to uh, to father z and father z says in his blog and he post and in his blog he shows a video of a, a volcano erupting and just destroying the a town it, it, it looks like it's south america and um it's just devastating everything in its wake, and <clears throat> it's a uh, kind of analogous to what's going on in the church. Um, 
you know, the way the church goes, so goes the world. And when the church is weak, the world is weak. And you see what's what our government is doing. And um, it all begins with with uh, the with the Christ Church because it is His church. And like um, like Padre Pio said, you know, we could go a day without the sun before we can go a day without the mass. So when the the mass becomes weakened and and um, and it's it's not being prayed as much, you know, in various parts of the world, uh, many churches have closed due to COVID. There's less there's less masses, perhaps. <clears throat> Whatever the reason, the less less piety, less holiness in the church, it it, it carries over into into the world, into society. So let's look at what's going on. Um, so what's happening in the church and in these USA in both the supposed sacred sphere and in the ever more secular, he writes, you know, the, the relentless terrorizing from the press and civil authorities about COVID, the unfathomable large goat rodeo that is federal government, budget and the national debt, moto proprios and interviews and transcripts with Jesuits, wokeness and race theory, and the incessant slithering of the homosexualist agenda. A visual image is needed. So that's um, that's the, the image that he shows us in, in the, on his blog. He, again, the, the volcano erupting, destroying everything good and orderly in its path. And um, he, he says, uh, it's... He says, hmm, the Spanish prime minister isn't in hiding somewhere. So perhaps that was in Spain. I, I know they have somebody talking in there on Span in Spanish. So perhaps that was in Spain. And I'll add some points, he says. I've made before many times on his blog. He says, they bear repetition. Number one, of all the universes God could have created, he created this one into which he called us into existence at exactly the right point in time and with exactly the right set of tools to carry out our little piece of his overarching divine plan. If we dedicate ourselves to our state in life as it is hic et nunc, which means here and now in Latin, God will give us all the actual graces we need to fulfill our part in his economy of salvation. It's an honor to have been called by God to live in these difficult times. Did you, did you catch that? Rather than, rather than shrink back and say, why, why do we have to live in this, these times? No, it's an honor. We get to live in these times and in these difficult times. God put us here for a reason. He saw something in you and me that would, uh, re- he says, hey, those people are going to be able to flourish and and strive um, and thrive in, in this and help me bring uh, salvation back to um, to the world and, to, and bring back his church. And so we're here called on a mission. So we need to find out what, what our Lord wants of us. But I can I certainly know that that's part of it is that you we've got to bring others to Christ. And and uh, so we're here for a reason. So it says we are the team he has assembled for his purposes. Eek et nunc. Here and now. Fidelity and pursuit of his will bring greater graces than if our paths were smooth. All right, I hear the music, so we're going to pick this up on the other side of the break. You're listening to Jesus 911. St. Padre Pio, pray for us. Be right back.
Here's a great way to support Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Do you have an old car you want to get rid of, motorcycle, RV, or boat? Simply call 855-500-7433. And when they sell that vehicle, a portion of that money comes right back to support Virgin Most Powerful Radio. It's an easy way to do it. I want to thank you for it. Call 855-500-7433. God love you and your family. baby move in your tummy? How does the baby eat? Can the baby hear me? How did the baby get in there? Wow, a pregnancy can sure generate a lot of questions, but what's important is that a baby is a baby inside and out of the womb, not just after birth, but nine months before at conception. That's right, every baby is a miracle. Hello, my name is Marianne Kuharski. I'm the director of Pro-Life Across America. If you know someone who is pregnant or in need of alternatives or assistance or would like to support the work of Pro-Life Across America, please visit our website at prolifeacrossamerica.org or better yet, simply dial pound 250 on your cell phone and say the key word pro-life. Pro-Life Across America is non-political and totally educational. A baby's heart is beating 18 days from conception. Buying or selling your home or your business property? This is Terry Barber. Real Estate for Life underwrites The Terry and Jesse Show, and they can connect you to one of 900 pro-life real estate agents around the world. And when they receive their referral fee, they will give 80% of it to a pro-life organization. Wow, that's 80%. Realestateforlife.org 877-LIFE-US-1 Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151 Jesus 911 And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship, so that the ship was filled. And he was in the hinder part of the ship, sleeping upon a pillow. And they awoke him and said to him, Master, doth it not concern thee that we perish? And rising up, he rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased, and there was made a great calm. And he said to them, Why are you fearful? Have you not faith yet? And they feared exceedingly, and they said one to another, Who is this? that both wind and sea obey him. Mark chapter 4, verses 37 to 40. So we have the storm and the winds going all around us <clears throat> right now, and and we have to trust, just as uh, as Jesus taught there in that passage, that um, he's in control, okay? And he, he knows our plight. He knows our pleas for help. And at his at his good time, then he will come to our aid, and so um, we're going to have to go through this uh, this period, and and there's there's going to be require some suffering because you know for us to reign with him, we have to suffer with him. Scripture tells us so. You know, be prepared for that, and be pray, prayed up, churched up, as I like to say. Um, going back to Father Z's blog about <clears throat> look what's happening in the church, he goes on to say in point number two, popes come and go. There have been good popes and bad popes. 
important popes and forgettable popes. Men pick them up, not the Holy Spirit. Men pick them, not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's role in their election is to make sure that the Pope isn't a total disaster for the church. Some disaster maybe, total disaster never. Moreover, generations of faithful Catholics lived and died without ever knowing the Pope's name. You think about that, because before social media and people were other parts of the country, unless they were in Italy, you know, in, near Rome, they, they, they may not have had an idea, not a clue as to who the Pope was. You know, I never thought about that. In a lot of ways, in daily life, they just aren't that important. Modern communication, our perception, and the media changed that, the role. That said, the roush hasn't stopped either in the church or in your soul. The day-to-day is what you need to work on. Okay, so day-to-day. We got to do take this one day at a time. And uh, I know I, I could sometimes get uh, bent out of shape when I read some of the things that are coming out of our Holy Father's mouth. And, um, you know, the, some of the things that he said about um, us uh, traditionalists and uh, what he said about EWTN and I can, listen, I can go on and on. But anyway, uh, let's uh, let's get back to this for priests, especially on point number three. Learn. He's at he's telling the priests learn the traditional Latin mass time and again. Priests have told me that learning the TLM changed them profoundly. They began to grasp aspects of their priesthood which they hadn't gleaned before. In turn, that produces a knock-on effect in other aspects of their work, in particular how they celebrate the Novus Ordo. Congregations note the differences. The knock-on effect continues to knock. This will be for you a suit of armor. You can tell how important it is by how much certain people are afraid of it and work to shut it down. Denigrate it with utterly absurd claims that both the right, R-I-T-E, the right, itself and people who desire it are at odds with an ecumenical council they are practitioners of the big lie we must persevere and point number four father z says for priests seminarians lay people alike consider your confirmation confirmation strengthens us to make the hard call and then stand firm when we are challenged in our christian living we can call upon the power of this sacrament which has imparted an an indelible character like the potter's mark of ownership into our souls. Confirmation is an ongoing reality in our lives, just as Pentecost, uh, the Pentecost event is an ongoing reality in the church. In these troubled and troubling times, make a conscious choice to call upon that mighty sacrament you received. Activate it. The sacrament will be mighty in you when you are in a state of grace. So, uh, he points us to a prayer, and and the it's it's to activate that uh, that power of your of your confirmation. Remember the the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit. And I'll go over those if you, some if you, some of you have forgotten them. And you know in your confet in your confirmation, you become a soldier for Christ. Okay, and it strengthens you. And it um, you receive the Holy Spirit at baptism, but this. You know this this sacrament here, it uh, it elevates that, and um, so first you know he's he's at, he's telling us go to confession, and then uh, exam so examine your conscience and go to confession, and then this the sacrament of confirmation it's that indelible mark that can never be 
you know, uh, taken away or lost. It, you know, it can lie dormant in you while you're in a state of mortal sin. So go to confession, make a good con- communion, and then and then pray this prayer. Um, it says, Almighty God, well, first, in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Ghost, amen. Almighty God, my Heavenly Father, you knew me before the creation of the cosmos, and you wanted me to come into existence to bring you glory. Of all the possible universes you could have created, you created this one, and you called me into it at exactly the time and place. You chose for me so that I could fulfill my part in your unfathomable plan. You will that I have the honor to be baptized into the church. You designed and you maintain for our well-being. You will that I receive the body and blood of your Son and the indwelling of your Spirit. You willed that I should also be confirmed so that our relationship be even deeper and that I might be an even better instrument of your will. I now call upon that mighty sacrament of confirmation. Through it, make me strong to bear whatever burdens I must endure in your service. Make me wise to recognize accurately and then strong to resist, resolute, whatever is out of harmony with your will as manifested, especially in the beautiful tradition you have guided in the authoritative, infallible, and indefectible church. Even if that disharmony should come from those whom you have endowed with the grace of orders and seated even in the highest places of teaching, governing and sanctifying, make me steadfast with confidence in your plan. For me, I ask this for myself and for the brethren through the Holy Spirit's gifts and the name of Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you, ever one God, world without end. Amen. I just think that's a, an awesome prayer. That's that's a, that says it all right there. Um, that's a, that's an amazing prayer, and so uh, I, I'm going to uh, I'm going to use that. I'm going to say that often, and um, you know, just to give you just some catechesis, you know, our, our the catechism. Uh, you know, you can go to it and find find out what confirmation is all about. If uh, those of you who have forgotten uh, your Baltimore Catechism, uh, most Catholics have to make their confirmation. It's a sad state, uh, but it, you know it's the truth. Most Catholics stop going and studying their faith after confirmation. Um, so it's evident from its celebration that the effect of the sacrament of confirmation is the special outpouring of the Holy Spirit as once granted to the apostles on the day of Pentecost. Recall then that you have received the spiritual seal, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of right judgment and courage, the spirit of knowledge and reverence, the spirit of holy fear in God's presence. So guard what you've received. God the Father has marked you with his sign. Christ the Lord has confirmed you and has placed his pledge, the spirit, in your hearts. So if some of those gifts didn't sound, you know, quite right, maybe because those aren't the words you're used to hearing or the type the names, but, you know, they could be the Holy Spirit, the seven gifts could also, you know, the Holy Spirit of wisdom, the understanding, counsel, fortitude, knowledge, piety, and fear of the Lord. And the catechism, uh, the catechism says that um, he points out to the, uh, in the book of Acts, chapter 8, verses 14 to 17. It's the scriptural basis for confirmation as a sacrament, you know, distinct from baptism. So here's what the catechism says. Now, when the apostles who were in Jerusalem had heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent unto them Peter and John, who, 
when they were come down, prayed for them and they might that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For he was not as yet come upon any of them, but they were only baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid their hands upon them and they received the Holy Spirit. So you see, that's what, uh, you know, if you've been to a confirmation or you remember yours, the bishop laid his hands over your head. And um, so the, he's the the primary um, prelate to administer the sacrament, but he can appoint his his priests in his absence to do it. So um, and they use the holy chrism oil to, to mark you as well. So... Uh, everything we believe in and do should lead us to unity in the Lord. You know, so the Holy Spirit, you know, it flows in us, um, into us and through us. And um, in Galatians 5.22 to 23, uh, St. Paul says this, Be, But the fruit of the Spirit is charity, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, generosity, faithfulness, modesty, gentleness, chastity, and self-control. So that's the fruit of the Spirit. So don't confuse that with the gifts of the Holy Spirit. There's the fruit of the Spirit. And uh, the prophet Isaiah, he wrote about that also in Isaiah 11.2. He says this, you know, pretty much the same thing. The, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and strength, the Spirit of knowledge, piety, and fear of the Lord. Those are the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit that Isaiah wrote about in the Old Testament. So let's just let's just kind of go over the twelve gifts. If you haven't heard them, uh, the, I mean, sorry, the the fruits of the spirit. So, number one, you have uh, charity. These are the fruits of the Holy Spirit. The twelve fruits of the Holy Spirit. Um, and so, well, you know, I'm going to backtrack. I'm gonna I'm gonna just kind of go over the the seven gifts just real quick in case that people don't understand wisdom. This enables us to know God and esteem divine things above worldly things. Number two is understanding. It helps us to understand our Catholic faith, the Bible, the saints. Counsel, that's going to be, this is the knowledge necessary to guide ourselves and others to God's will. It helps us uh, help others get through spiritual and temporal problems. Fortitude, otherwise known as courage. This is the strength we need to endure and have courage. It helps us suffer persecution and adversities for the sake of good. And then there's knowledge. This helps us to know God, ourselves and, and others, as God knows. Okay. Um, sixth one is piety. This gift infuses us with love for serving God and see him in all events through a holy life of prayer. Number seven is fear of the Lord. You know, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And that's from scripture. We fear his just punishments for our sins forever, but we we more so fear even displeasing or offending him. And now the gifts, the fruits of the Holy Spirit, the fruits. Um, there's charity. The Holy Spirit is love and gives us the infused theological virtue of charity to prefer God over everyone and everything. We desire this loving union with God and it overflows in our love for ourselves and our neighbors for God's sake. Okay, so we'll pick this up on the other side of the break, the, the 12 fruits of the Holy Spirit. Listen to Jesus 911. Be back on the other side of the break.
Good Shepherd Academy in Pomona, California is now enrolling students in grades K through 12. Imagine a school that holds Jesus Christ as king and center of the school under the mantle of the Blessed Mother. Imagine a school that begins each day with Holy Mass followed by adoration of the Blessed Sacrament. Imagine a school that teaches a traditional Catholic classical curriculum which has been proven effective in Catholic education of days gone by. Now you have a real choice you can trust. Students at the Good Shepherd Academy will be formed to embrace their one true identity as a beloved child of God and to seek God's holy plan for their lives. The Good Shepherd Academy offers two programs, a traditional full-day program and a homeschool one-day program to help home educators. The Good Shepherd Academy offers the best in Catholic education and formation in the virtues. Our mission is simple, to know, love, and serve God. Join us today or donate to help us follow the one true Good Shepherd. You can be reached at thegoodshepherdacademy.org or call area code 951-855-6930 or area code selling your home or your business property this is terry barber real estate for life underwrites the terry and jesse show and they can connect you to one of 900 pro-life real estate agents around the world and when they receive their referral fee they will give 80 percent of it to a pro-life organization wow that's 80 percent real estate for life.org 877-LIFE-US-1 Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. Jesus 911. If you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. And uh, we have uh, we've been going over uh, one of Father Z's blogs, Father John Zulsdorf, and uh, and he exhorts us to, to um, reignite that... Uh, that spirit that that we received, the Holy Spirit that we received in confirmation, and I'm um, just kind of giving you a uh, just a, a little a, a refresher. If those of you forgotten, it's been a long time since you made your confirmation. The gifts I talked about the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit, and I'm talking about the the twelve fruits of the Holy Spirit. Just gonna gonna name them and just kind of tell you what they are, so you you know that we we went over charity. Now we're on joy. Joy, its happiness is realized when we live for God and know someday we will be with Him now and forever in heaven. And you know, you know, who was it? Uh, Scott Hahn that used to say, um, "A joyless Christianity is a contradiction in terms." So we have the Holy Spirit in us. We have to be uplifted. We have to have that smile on our face. We can't be walking around hanging a face and, you know, just just be the you know, bringing people down. We should, we're supposed to be the light. We're supposed to be uplifting people. So to be walking around, uh, with, without any joy in your heart, um, that's, that's not true Christianity. You know, you want to, uh, 
you know, we all go through suffering. I'm not saying that. And, uh, but we, we, we do it with, with joy in our hearts and, you know, knowing that who we serve. The third, the third, um, fruit is peace. The Holy Spirit gives us order in our souls and a clean conscience. He also gives us order to our family, friendships and duties of life. So don't you know, you've probably felt it. You've gone to confession, made a good holy confession and the peace that you receive there, it's 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 the peace that the world can't give you. It's knowing that you have, you know, uh, especially if you were in a, uh, you know in grave sin, then you know you have um, sanctifying grace in your soul there. So that 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 should bring you comfort and peace. And and uh, so those of you who haven't been to confession in a while, I, I strongly urge you to get back to it. And uh, the fifth, the fifth fruit is going to be, I'm sorry, the fourth uh, fruit is patience. When one is close to God, everything else falls into place so that one can have patience and tranquility. Love is patient, right? St. Paul says love is patient, love is kind. You remember that? And, and you go to a wedding, that's one of the, probably the most popular um, scripture they read in, in, the, in weddings. The fifth uh, fruit is kindness. This is the virtue of kindness to others. You should be kind to one another. Um, the sixth one is goodness. We renounce evil and seek what is good. We repent of our sins and strive to do God's will. The seventh fruit is going to be gentleness. So perseverance in the mission of God has given us and the ability to stay faithful over a long period of time. Gentleness. And, uh, and so also... Um, it also gives us the moral virtue temperance that also helps us to overcome our natural tendency to be rough or angry. But um, the next one is faithfulness. This is a theological virtue given to us at baptism. It gives us the divine grace to be able to assent to the revealed truth of God. We put God as the absolute authority. Um, modesty. This includes how we act and dress. These are external signs of how our interior of our interior modesty it gives us the pers- the preference of purity of mind and heart in sexual matters. So modesty, it, it's it includes you too, men. Um, it's it's not just this is just not uh, a commandment um, or a, um, or a it's something the women have to do. We all need to to be modest, and that's in interiorly and exteriorly. Okay, so. The, uh, the next one is self-control. This is the virtue to control sexual and other appetites in a holy manner, like in marriage, when one spouse, because of sickness, cannot have relations. Self-control can also be, for those of you first responders, being able to have control of your passions and, and um, you know, where you, know, you want to just knock some sense into somebody, you have to be in self, you have to have self-control to, to do what's right, even when you're your uh, emotions tell you otherwise. Um, and that also goes in, in, into marriage as well. I mean, you know, you get into a little spat with your spouse, you have to have some self-control to make things work out, you know. Um, like Scripture says, don't let the sun go down on your anger. So before you go to bed, you want to work that out, work that disagreement out. And the uh, last one is going to be chastity. This is the self-giving of oneself to God completely as a priest, religious, or consecrated layman. All vocations are called to have chastity 
in their way of living. This also includes marriage, uh, married people to be faithful to their spouses. It also gives the grace for all those waiting to get married to be sexually pure. And um, so, you know, a a lot of people are are feeling this, uh, the weight of the world on them right now with all that's going on in society with the mandates and the lockdowns and the and all these uh, other things that are before us and remember um one of uh, one of my friends posted this and it's a it's a picture of one of the crusaders he's uh he's standing there we're holding his sword and it says everything we're currently witnessing is a spiritual battle all of it and jesus didn't come to make us safe he came to make us dangerous to the kingdom of darkness. Did you get that? Jesus didn't come to make us safe. He came to make us dangerous to the kingdom of darkness. I think that's awesome. So that's why they're scurrying. That's why they, they try to uh, cancel us because they don't want the light to, to shine on their uh, on their horror, on their you know uh, debauchery and... And all the things that they're doing to us and the light and the darkness doesn't like to be exposed. Have you ever noticed when, uh, when you turn on the lights, uh, maybe you're, you're go out into your yard and you, you turn on the lights and you see all the cockroaches or the, the other bugs or, or rodents, they start, you know, they start running because they don't want the light. They want to live in, you know, in seclusion. They want to live, you know, under the radar, so to speak, and 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 that's what the that's what the left is doing. They they, but now they're coming out. They're becoming more bold. I mean, the, the things that they're doing. It's they used to hide it, and and a lot of a lot of it is coming out in um, in the way of all these uh, these things that they're they're pushing on us, like critical race theory and um, all these the, the fact checkers, all these things that uh, these lies that they're telling us. So. You know, when we when we're in sorrow, um, we have someone we can go to, and so at this point, I'm going to switch gears and, and talk about Our Lady of Sorrows. This is her month, and um, shout out to uh, Debbie Pena who who uh, made uh, made us a um, the Our Lady of Sorrows a chaplet so that uh, my wife and I can can pray it uh, frequently. And so, thank you very much, Debbie. And Our Lady of Sorrows, uh, it's a, it's a devotion. Um, and it has its roots in sacred scripture and in Christian piety, which always associates the Blessed Mother with her suffering, her suffering son. And so the feast was introduced by the Servites in order to intensify devotion to Our Lady of Sorrows. In 1817, Pius VII, you know, is suffering grievously in exile, but finally liberated by Mary's intercession, extended the feast to the Universal Church. And then according to... The former liturgical calendar, the 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 1962 calendar, um, it's also the commemoration on that date, September 15th, um, of Saint Nicomedes, a, a Roman martyr of of a unknown date. He was uh, buried not far from from the walls of Rome on the Via Nomentana, and the pious faithful built a cemetery basilica above his tomb. And also, historically, to uh, the 15th of September is the Saint Catherine of Genoa. And she wrote a treatise on purgatory and and a dialogue between the soul and the body, two outstanding documents of Christian mysticism. 
And then the, the Our Lady of Sorrows, the feast dates back to the 12th century. It was especially promoted by the Cistercians and the Servites, so much that in the 14th and 15th centuries, it was widely celebrated throughout the Catholic Church. In 1482, the feast was added to the Missal under the title of Our Lady of Compassion. And Pope Benedict the Thirteenth added it to the Roman calendar in 1727 on the Friday before Palm Sunday. In 1913, Pope Pius X fixed the date on September 15th. The title of Our Lady of Sorrows focuses on Mary's intense suffering during the passion and death of Christ. The seven dolors, um, the seven the seven pains, seven sorrows. The title by which it was celebrated in the 17th century referred to the seven swords that pierced the heart of Mary. And the feast is like an octave for the birth of Our Lady on September 8th. So we have all these wonderful uh, feasts for Our Lady. Um, the, the, her, you know, her, her, uh, her birth was uh, September, her birthday was September 8th. And anyway, the feast is dedicated to the spiritual martyrdom of Mother Mary. Mother of God, and her compassion with the sufferings of her divine son, Jesus. So in her suffering, um, as the co-redeemer, she reminds us of the tremendous evil of sin and shows us the way to true repentance. And so may, may the numerous tears of Mother Mary, the Mother of God, be conducive to our salvation with, our, uh, with which tears... You know, we we uh, shed, and uh, we ask we ask God to be able to wash away the sins of the whole world. And as Mary stood at the foot of the cross, you know, on which Jesus hung, the sword of sorrow Simeon had foretold pierced her soul. So I'm just gonna I'm just gonna mention the seven sorrows of Mary. If you're not familiar with those seven sorrows, it's the prophecy of Simeon. Simeon um, that's Luke two twenty five to thirty five. That was uh, where he says the a uh, uh, sword shall pierce your soul. And um, and then the second one is the flight into Egypt, and that's Matthew two thirteen to fifteen. And uh, Joseph was told in a dream to take the child and flee to Egypt because Herod wanted to do evil things, wanted to kill, you know, the holy, and he killed the holy innocents. So we'll be right back. We're going to pick this up, uh, our devotion to our seven sorrows of our Blessed Virgin Mary. We'll be right back. on apologetics you have entered into virgin most powerful's apologetics dojo where we go wall to wall with bending explaining sharing the faith master apologist keith nether hey gary thanks again for having me man i love being here we have our very good friend father chris alar thank you gary for allowing me to come back on we're enjoy your show master apologist william albrecht gary my dear friend it is always a great pleasure to be on we are chatting with Master Apologist Pat Flynn, our good friend. It's always a it's always a joy to be on the radio show. Coming into the dojo is our good friend Steve Ray. Thank you, Gary. Good to be here. 
We have a very good friend, Catholic Brian, Brian Mercier with... Thank you, Gary. Always great to be here. Join many others in Gary Machuda's Apologetics Dojo. We have some of the best Catholic apologists in the nation. Streaming live weekdays from 10 to 11 a.m. Pacific. Hands-on apologetics on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Hi, this is Terry Barber with Virgin Most Powerful Radio. You'll notice we're no longer advertising Amazon Smiles. It's because they're making the decision to give people $4,000 to go kill their baby through abortion. We're not going to participate in that. And I just wanted you to be aware of it. If you like what we're doing at vmpr.org, and you want to make a donation to help fill in the money that we're losing from Amazon, that'd be fine. If not, that's okay too, because we're going to do it either way. Thank you very much, and may God richly bless you and your family. Buying or selling your home or your business property? This is Terry Barber. Real Estate for Life underwrites The Terry and Jesse Show, and they can connect you to one of 900 pro-life real estate agents around the world. And when they receive their referral fee, they will give 80% of it to a pro-life organization. Wow, that's 80%. Realestateforlife.org, 877-LIFE-US-1. Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. Jesus 911, we are back. Well, one man car. My my partner Jesse Romero is returning from uh, Ohio as we speak. So, uh, we pray for a safe flight for he and his beautiful bride Anita. So, we, uh, we ask the intercession of uh, St. Christopher, the patron saint of travelers, for his safe arrival here um, to his home in Arizona. So um, I'm going over the seven sorrows of Our Lady. Uh, it's, I, I went over the first two, the prophecy of Simeon, the flight into Egypt. The third one is the loss of the child Jesus for three days. You know that, uh, you know how we pray. We pray that on the, the fifth um Mystery, the uh, joyful mysteries, right? The loss of the child Jesus, and um, Mary. That's uh, from Luke two forty one to fifty. Uh, Mary meets Jesus on the way to Calvary. Uh, boy, that uh, you know during Lent when we do the Stations of the Cross, that that always brings tears to my eyes. When and if you recall the movie of the Passion, that had to, that had to be one of the 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 most moving scenes where. Mary and Jesus, their eyes meet, and uh, and then they they it takes you back. You know, the producer has takes you back to when Jesus was a child. They show images of him running and falling, and uh, boy, just you know, the love that a mother has for her children, and and uh, you know, a son for his his mother. It's just uh, you can't. Um, you can't make that stuff up. This is this. It's it's an amazing bond, you know. Uh, the mother who carries her child for nine months, and uh, Mary, knowing who she had, you know, in her womb, she had um, the God Man. On the fifth one is crucifixion and death of Jesus. Um, that's John nineteen twenty five to thirty, and uh, so Mary stood by. Uh, she stood by at every major function, every major event in his life. 
And uh, she was there at the foot of the cross. And uh, she just, she kept her peace about her. And and it's just a sight to behold. And uh, the, the body of Jesus being taken from the cross. Okay, that's the, the sixth one. The body of Jesus taken from the cross. Uh, Psalm 130, uh, Luke 30, 23, 50 to 54, and John 19, 31 to 37. Remember them taking Jesus down, and they and uh, he and he's put into the arms of his mother, and from there we have the the statues of uh, the Pieta, where uh, Jesus' limp body is is laying across uh, our blessed mother's lap. Uh, then the seventh one is the burial of Jesus. That's uh, we can look that up in Isaiah fifty three eight. Luke twenty three fifty to fifty six and John nineteen thirty eight to forty two and even Mark fifteen forty to forty seven. So when you look at the um, symbols of Our Lady of Sorrows, you're going to see a heart pierced with a sword, a heart pierced with seven swords, a winged heart pierced with with a sword, flowers, red rose, um, iris, which means sword lily, and. Um, and so some people name their children Dolores um, because of Our Lady of Sorrows. Uh, there's also um, Pia or Pieta. Those are other names. Maria Dolorosa. Uh, those are names that have have been given to, to children. And so some of the things we need to do is we need to teach our children uh, about the seven sorrows of, our, of Mary. And you can read more about um, her devotion. And, um, you know, this. there's... Uh, a book out there. It's it's not in publication anymore, but you probably could get it from Tan Books, and it's a it's a book from um, one of my favorite saints, um, the Doctor of the Church, Saint Alphonsus de Liguori, and it's called The Glories of Mary. And uh, you know, the, I do these these meditations, and uh, there's a couple. Well, they're all very moving, but I just want to share some a couple with you in the time that we have left. Uh, because Saint Alphonsus, he's 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 the best, and you know when you're saying your chaplet, you those of you who've never said it, there's a prayer that that uh, that you say uh, at each verse. Oh God, come to my assistance. Oh Lord, make haste to help me. And then you say, the glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. And um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna start. I'm just gonna go over the, the, the third sorrow of Mary, the loss in the temple. St. Alfonso says that the third sorrow was one of the greatest that Mary had to endure in her life, the loss of her, of her son in the temple, having lost her son for three days. Can you imagine losing your child for three days? Uh, I mean, you lose your kid in the store and you're going bonkers, right? And uh, you, you probably kids hiding inside the clothes rack. and, and But you, you thought for a minute that he was kidnapped. I, I, you know, that's happened to me, believe me. So... Um, it's not fun. She was deprived of his most sweet presence and his meditation goes like this. What anxiety this brokenhearted mother must have felt during those three days when she searched everywhere for her son and asked for him as the spouse did in the canticles. Have you seen him whom my soul loveth? That's canticle three, three. This third sorrow of Mary ought to serve in the first place as a consolation to souls who are desolate and who no longer enjoy as they once enjoyed the sweet presence of the Lord. 
They may weep, but they should weep confidently, just as Mary wept over the loss of her son. But whoever wants to find Jesus must look for him as Mary did. Not amid the pleasures and delights of the world, but amid crosses and mortifications. Quote, we sought thee sorrowing. End quote. That's what, Jesus, that's what Mary told Jesus when he found him in the temple. Mary said to her son, let us learn then from Mary to seek Jesus. Moreover, we should look for no other good in this world than Jesus. And St. Augustine says that Job had lost what God had given him, but not God himself. So if Mary wept over the loss of her son for three days, how much more should sinners weep who have lost sanctifying grace? I'm going to say that again. If Mary wept over the loss of her son for three days, how much more should we sinners weep who have lost sanctifying grace? To them, God says, you are not my people and I will not be yours. Hosea 1.9 for this is the effect of sin. It separates the soul from God. Your iniquities have divided between you and your God. Isaiah 59 2. Sinners may possess all the wealth in the world, but inasmuch as they have lost God, everything in the world becomes a source of affliction to them. As Solomon confessed, Behold, all is vanity and vexation of spirit. Ecclesiastics 1 14. Uh, Our Lady of Sorrows, pray for us. And uh, then I'll, I'll just go ahead and, and read you the fourth sorrow of Mary, the meeting of Mary and Jesus on the way to Calvary. The greater her love for him, the greater her grief at the sight of his sufferings, especially when she met him on the Dolores Way, dragging his cross to the place of execution. This is the fourth sorrow on which we have to meditate. O sorrowful mother, exclaimed St. John, your son has now been condemned to death. He has already set out on the road to Calvary, carrying his own cross. Come if you desire to see him and say farewell to him as he passes through the streets. Mary goes along with St. John while she waited for her son to come along. How much must how much must she have heard said by the Jews who soon recognized her against her beloved son and perhaps even mockery against herself? What a frightening picture as the nails, the hammers, the ropes, and all the fatal instruments that were to be put and into her son's life was paraded by. But now the implements, the executioners have all passed by. Mary raised her eyes and saw, O God, a young man all covered with blood and wounds from head to foot, a wreath of thorns on his head and carrying two heavy beams on his shoulders. She gazed at him, but hardly recognized him. The wounds of the bruises and the clotted blood gave him the appearance of a leper, so that he could no longer be recognized. According to St. Bridget, Jesus wiped away the, the clotted blood which prevented him from seeing Mary. The mother and the son looked at each other, and their looks became as so many arrows to pierce those hearts which loved each other so tenderly. Even though the sight of her dying son was to cost her so much bitter sorrow, Mary would not leave him. The mother also took up her cross and followed him to be crucified along with him, let us pity her and accompany her and her son by patiently carrying the cross our Lord, Lord imposes on us. Our Lady of Sorrows, pray for us. And that's just two of the meditations on uh, that St. Alfonso writes about in, in, his, in his book, The Glories of Mary. Um, 
everything he writes is is phenomenal. That's why he's the doctor of the church, uh, a moral theologian, and uh, and so we we when we're in sorrow, we're in suffering, we have someone to turn to. And uh, I I remember one time uh, we were chasing down this this one uh, gang member in uh, who wanted to. Uh, um, avenge his brother's death. He was executed. His brother was executed. He was sitting in his car at a stoplight by a rival gang, and uh, we tracked down this this other this shot caller. He was the leader of the gang. He was he was supposedly, according to our informants, he was supposed to have a, a an assault weapon, and he was going to do a, a revenge drive by and and you know kill as many people as he could. So we had to find him, and we used the SWAT team to go find. We we located him out in another another city. And uh, we got him out. He was, you know, he was hiding in the house. And uh, when we brought him out, they brought him to my car. And uh, it was just he and I. And um, and I just told him how sorry I was for his loss, for his brother, his brother's death. I said, you know, your brother didn't deserve to die like that. And uh, I said, I'm so sorry for, for you. And uh, And I just said, you know, your brother would want for you what's best. You know, and he, and... And you need to, you need to pray to Our Lady, because she knows what it's like to lose a loved one, who didn't deserve to die. And 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 this shot caller was sitting in my back seat. I'll tat it up, you know, ex uh, ex con, and he's just crying like a baby, you know. And um, I showed, you know, the human side of me. I was truly sorry for his loss. In fact, these two these two guys that I'm speaking about were cousins of of, of a guy I worked with, and they just. You know, they grew up close, but two of them, you know, that, that side of the family, that family went, you know, went rogue and, and my friend here, he became a, a deputy sheriff, but just shows you, you know, the the power that, um, our lady has to help us during our suffering and our sorrows. And, uh, just the, the end of that story is that I told him to turn his life around. That's how you, the best thing you can do for your brother. And, um, months later I get a word from from uh, one of my my partners that um, he got uh, jumped out of the gang and got he took a beating to get out but but he did so uh, I pray to God that uh, he continues a life of uh, and gets back into his faith anyway you've been listening to Jesus 911 we uh, we enjoy your we love your patronage please share and if you like the, the show and um, stay tuned for hands-on apologetics with Gary Mashuda from the Midwest Command Center. I'm 107. I'm out. God bless you. Keep the faith. Our latest sorrows, pray for us. St. Faustina's Prayer for Priests. O oh my Jesus, I beg thee on behalf of the whole church, grant it love and the light of thy spirit, and give power to the words of priests.